Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, you really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Well, hey, it is 9.02 here on your Sunday morning. Guess who's Bizak? Uh, that, that'd be me. Rashad? Yes. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't that hard when you said that. You know, I could tell by your voice that you were back. And well, Sorry, Bizak. Yes, yeah. Bizak. I'm going to talk like that for the rest of the Dizay. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> How was uh, Los Angeles? LA is always a good time, man. You I know, know you're going with a bunch of teenagers. So a bunch of like bunch of eighteen year olds, man, or you know, or soon to be eighteen year olds. So I feel like that probably affects it a little bit. You can't. It changes things a little bit, you know. As, as an adult, you know, we kick it a little bit differently when we're in another state. You know, lots of drinks to be had, lots of parties to be, you know, going to, and just not as many of the drinking and and parties. But uh, we did have a good time. Got a chance to do some cool stuff. Went to Universal Studios. Didn't get a chance to to get in. Like, you know, we have a big group of about 70. And um, we get there, and initially they told us it'd be, because we had so many, it'd be like $80 a person. Great. And then we get to the gate, and they tell us, oh, no, it's that was if you did it online. It's actually $109 a person. And still we're like, okay, that sucks, but prepared to pay, no problem. Right. And then you know he, what you're getting into. But then they go one further and was like, you know what, that was a rate that had already passed, so it's actually 125 Per person. And then that's when I was like, okay, well, we're not going to. You know, that's the game that they play, right? Oh, yeah. Because if you're there and you're already prepared to pay 109, what's 16 more dollars at that point for most people, right? They're going to be like, fine, 120. I'm here. Mm -hmm. 125. Yeah. You guys were the exception to that rule. Yes, because I guess when when, when you have a group of 70, you know, that additional $16 is like, uh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe (laughs) we should should figure something else else out. But it was cool. Six Flags was literally 30 minutes down the road. Six Flags is perfect. Six Flags is really good. You know, at Universal, there are not a lot of rides. There's only a couple, but most of them are like experiences. You know, the Harry Potter experience and the You go, it's technically a ride. But you're going through like the world. Yeah, you know, but there's no like big drops or no. Well, there are, but just on certain things. So don't Whereas expect that if you're going everywhere. Six Flags is known for its big drops. That's big that's as soon as you pull up, you see this big ass roller coaster, and you're like, okay, this is where you should be. But uh, the one thing that was surprising about Universal Studios, there's a Voodoo Donuts there. Oh, I did know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, on on some of their, I think Blue Star is also in Los Angeles now too. A couple of the the big Portland donut places are now in other places it's like well. prominent like as soon as you're walk as you're walking in from the uh parking lot you see a, a, a big voodoo donut and it's like oh 
Oh, wow. Look at Portland getting on the map. Taking our crappy donuts down to L.A. now. I guess so. And the kids went and spent $7 for a maple bacon bar. It was like you could get that at home for like a $1.50 or you know, $1.99 or whatever it is. Look, this always really, really frustrates me. And I think Jesse said this just intentionally to piss me off. Although Voodoo Donuts is overrated. Right. Although Voodoo Donuts has competitors in the city that are better than it. Donuts are good. Donuts are delicious. So even Voodoo Donuts taste good. Absolutely. There are just better donuts yeah, out there. Yeah, no, they're, I, I, I used you to love donuts. You crappy Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, because so. they're they're always stale. Yeah, I think that's the they're thing. They're stale like, if you're gonna and get crappy. A, if you're going to get a donut with cereal on top, the cereal has to be like crunchy. It can't be like stale Fruit Loops. Right, or, how do you have you know, stale bacon? Yeah, I don't know. They find a way to get stale bacon actually, on their stale actually, maple bars. I love the maple bacon bars. You know, I I mean they they you know warm them up just a little bit and they're and they're fire. I love them. It's, had some it's friends. less about stale bacon and more that it's probably been sitting there for a little bit. As far as donuts, there's a place in in Los Angeles called Randy's Donuts, uh, and that's it's the a, famous, the yeah, famous one. So there. our hotel wasn't too too far away from that, so got a chance to go there. Uh, went to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, which may very well be one of the most overrated places. And I'm going to say something that's going to be controversial oh, that's to overrated. a lot of people. Okay. In and Out Burger is by far and away the most overrated burger place. In the world, quite Whoa. possibly. Now, mind you, I haven't had and every burger had place the in, the in the world. I should probably <laughs> preface my comment by saying that. However, as far as the major chains and stuff like that, In-N-Out Burger might be next to White Castle as probably the worst whoa, ever. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, man. Slow I know you're a Jersey roll. boy, man. I was going to say White Castle. White Castle is not good. Yeah, I was going to say White Castle. But White then... Castle frozen out of the supermarket is not good. White that's, Castle fresh from their restaurant. That's what they good. taste like is they're frozen from the supermarket. Trust me, they do not. Because yeah. the frozen ones, the when you try to reheat them, the buns get all weirdly overheated and, and hard. White Castle's good, and no one will tell me otherwise. In and out is in and out. Well, you just had two people tell you otherwise, so... I mean, saying, just saying, you're, you you're in a corner la, right la, now. La, 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 la. I'm not listening to you. I love White Castle. Um, I have, I've never had In-N-Out before, but I've heard from almost everybody that it's not that good. It's so, just a regular, regular ass burger. And I think the marketing and the buzz, it probably was really good at a time for fast food. Right. But we're in a we're in a world. In a world where fast food is improving. Absolutely. I mean, Everyone has a great burger. Burgerville's Burgerville here is very good. I've heard Whataburger in Texas is very good. If you want to go even like the slight step up, Five Guys is really good. Those kind of places that aren't necessarily fast food because they use fresh ingredients, but they're made quickly. Yeah. Fast casual, I guess. There's a lot of good places. Little Big Burger is really good. So In-N-Out probably used to be amazing compared to McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King. And now it's probably just like, oh, it's a good it's a burger place. Uh, I, it's just a, it's a regular burger place. But for whatever reason, people there's there was a line like around the corner it well, was course, crazy because people visiting there's no in and outs anywhere but california and like what southern oregon go now? to fat burger it's a much better burger well the, i i think i i think in and out is very overrated but the one thing that i think is actually very good about it is their beef inside the burger is actually very good beef and you're not paying you know five guys prices i, I it, it's more Fast yeah, food it's, prices. Well, that's so, because it's actual fast food. That, Five that, Guys is right. that one step up. So, yeah. so when you're when you're thinking about comparing it to a, a place like McDonald's, I'm like, oh yeah, it's better than McDonald's. The beef is like ten times better, and you get a lot more beef in my burger, which I like. I so. also think the whole secret menu thing 
add some lore that people want to go there and try all the stuff in the secret menu what's and have the, the animal sauce and all the what's kind all of stuff. the stuff like uh, that's and that's another issue with with uh with in and out what's the stuff like there's no bacon there's no chicken there's no you can get a, a single a double a well, right. triple but the, you, you do know they've got the most expansive secret menu like of any restaurant What's on the secret menu? I know the animal I, I haven't fries. looked in a while. I remember looking it up once. You you can kind of do whatever the hell you want. It's kind of it's kind of insane. So you just have to know what to order and what to say. You, we can look it up in the break. But there's a lot of stuff that they had going on there. It might not be different meats, right? They might not have chicken and they might not have that. But there was a lot of different options that I saw, at least when I was looking at the menu. Anyway, happy Father's Day before we forget, before the end of the segment. Happy Father's Day to you, Rashad, Thank and you so to all much. the dads out there listening, and uh, and to my dad. And we will, I don't know, Rashad always hates Father's Day, so maybe we'll That's get to not, that later in the show. It's not true. I don't hate Father's Day. I'm just, you do rant about no Father's one cares Day about Father's Day. I think a lot of people care about Father's Day. Maybe we'll get to that later in the show, but we've got a lot to get to. I would like to thank the Los Angeles Lakers and New Orleans Pelicans for Making a yeah. crazy trade yesterday on a Saturday, so that today we have a lot to talk about. Definitely changed the changed the show. I mean, we already had a lot to talk about, but now the show is full. We're going to talk the AD trade to the Lakers coming up next. We got to talk about the Raptors winning the finals. I know Rashad's pretty passionate about what what Kawhi Leonard did. I uh, saw you posting on Facebook of all places your your hot Kawhi Leonard takes, and um, we got to talk about the Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson injuries and what that means for the Warriors and them, and frankly this offseason moving forward because it does change. Quite a bit. Better you today. Text line is five five three zero five. You can text us there throughout the show, and then our Twitter handles. If you'd like to follow us and interact with us on there, I'm at Mike Lynch twenty seven. Rashad's at TaylorMade five zero three. Jesse's at Jesse Osman A S Z M A N. Coming up next, Anthony Davis to the Lakers for what feels like the entire Lakers current and future team. That's next. Sports Sunday on the fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Better You Today text line is 55305. Acme Donuts was my favorite Portland donut place. Southeast Powell in the 20s. Gone now, but had incredible chocolate hazelnut iced raised donuts. Rest in peace. Voodoo is stale. And then Killer Burger is the best. I said this in the break to Rashad. I have not been to Killer Burger yet. There is one now in Beaverton. Michael James owns that one. And uh, I just haven't had a chance to go over there yet. I had it actually in the plans a couple of weekends ago, and then uh, that did not happen. Get so. to Killer Burger. Uh, get to Stupid Burger. The homies John Hunt and uh, Danny Moore. Absolutely. Stupid Burger is awesome. Good burgers are the best. They're the, I'm, they're, I'm a they're burger awesome. man. Yeah. I've, I've always said this, that if I had to eat one food for the rest of my life, it would be a burger. Because you can get it so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did this thing actually for the, for the beer podcast. Beer's on us coming out Thursday around 4 o'clock. Uh, this one's up right now, though is uh, we went to this thing at Wayfinder called Brewer Burger Brawl, and they had four different breweries make a slider each and pair it with their beer, and it was so good. Yeah, there so was a boar burger, a venison burger, an elk burger. Make them hang out burger. with you guys. You know, beers are on you. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast, right? Beers <laughs> on us. Um, anyway, so let's get into the big sports news of the weekend as the Anthony Davis trade has happened, honestly, faster than I thought it would. I thought we'd have a little bit of a... 
I don't know, week or two where multiple teams felt like they were in it or there were three team trades being talked about. No, the Lakers off at the farm and the, and the Pelicans said, yeah, we'll take that. Thanks. So Anthony Davis by himself is going to the Lakers. One player. The Pelicans are sending back Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, three first round picks, including this year's number four pick. They also are sending the 2021 first round pick as well as the 2024 first round pick. And then there's also something with swapping potential picks and how things can get deferred. I'm not 100% sure what all of that means, but it sounds like some these three picks could turn into more depending on, I guess, the draft positions of certain teams um, or, or at least get them better picks. I'm assuming when you say potential swaps, if the Lakers have a higher pick than the Pelicans and the Pelicans get to take that higher pick is my is my assumption, but I, I couldn't find anywhere that explained what the hell that meant. So basically, three first-round picks, the number four this year, a 2021 first, which is two years from now, and a 2024 first, which is five years from now, and three different players. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, two of your best young players, as well as Josh Hart, who is good, not great, but a good role player. So how do you feel? I guess that's the first way. First question to ask: How do you feel about it? First, first, I. Uh, oh, by the way, was, AD is not going to sign an extension. He's going to opt out and, and sign, sign a max, max deal, deal this off season, coming off season with the Lakers. First, I was uh, frustrated, uh, angry, skip sad. Now I feel like, you know, I don't really care anymore. You know, it, well, at first it was like, bro, this could be really bad for the rest of the league, but then I thought about it. Could be. It could be. It could potentially be really bad. And then I, th I thought about it, and the the next thing we're hearing is uh, Kyrie Irving is uh, eyeing L.A. You know, and so it's between L.A. and the Nets. Now I'm like, uh, I, it doesn't really. I'm not afraid of that team. This reminds me. You're not afraid of Kyrie, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Not really. No, I mean, I, I, I there's that sounds really weird, but of course the Warriors intimidate me much more than that team would. You know, and I think. Even now? Well, not well, not right now. Just can you know, but considering when everybody comes back, because everybody thinks the Warriors out of it. That's silly. Yes, there everybody plans to come back from at least from all the stuff that we're reading. Everybody feels like they need to run it back one time. This year the Warriors are out of it. This year the Warriors are out of it, but you're silly if you don't think that they're going to be back, you know, and they're going to have all their their core of at least KD, Steph, and Clay, they're ready to go. With Draymond, I don't know when his contract is up, whatever. This reminds me of Carmelo to New York, though. Melo had openly said, man, after my contract is up, much like Anthony Davis laid it out, after my contract is up, I'm going to sign with the Knicks. That's where I'm from. want to play in New York. That's just the way it's going to go. New York jumps the gun during the trade deadline and gives away all their assets for Carmelo Anthony. So then Melo gets there, and there's really nobody to play with. Amari gets hurt, so it's just him and Jeremy Lin, you know, for, for a while. And... After that, the Knicks NBA were terrible. And Jeremy Lin, and you better get that. Oh right. yeah, forgive me, man. Make make sure you put some respect on his name, man. He's definitely got his ring. It's you know, I'm good. I'm happy for Jeremy Lin, though. I mean, he didn't get to play, but I'm still happy Not for him. He was <laughs> he was on the team, man. That's all that matters. But if you notice, the Knicks have never been the same. They never recovered because they were going for the gusto right then, and they gave away their entire franchise. I'm looking at the Lakers. I'm like, you just gave away all your best young assets. I mean, for the outside of uh, Kuzma, 
you just gave away Ingram and you just gave away Lonzo, who I think people, Lonzo is much better than people want to give him credit for. The fact that LeVar is his dad is what hurts Lonzo. Because if you didn't hate LeVar so much, you wouldn't really, you wouldn't feel the way about Lonzo. You would look at him as a good young point guard that's able to distribute, is able to do, uh, be a playmaker and kind of score when, when necessary. That's how you would view him. Because LeVar is his dad, you view, you view him differently. But I'm looking at New Orleans saying, look at all the young talent you you just acquired to go with this young. Oh, you, you know they're going to get Zion. Yep. Then they, they might, got the they fourth. They might pick. trade the fourth pick as well, from what I've seen. So that's to a, get a star player. So there's another opportunity player. to get a, an all star level guy that can come in there and and really help these guys win. Hopefully, hopefully it's a it's a veteran presence for them. But I'm looking at that and say, man, New Orleans won. Like I get it. You know that you get Anthony Davis, but. This is a really a three-year process. You know, this is a three-year experiment with the Lakers. They have to try to get it right by next year because next year is really going to be the telling year. I don't know if they're going to win the championship this year. Of course, they're the favorites already. but And they're going to get another player. And they're, they're going to get another player. But, again, if that player is Kyrie, I don't, I, Kyrie's shown that he's not. What if not, it's Kemba? It's Kemba Walker. That's different. What if it's D'Angelo Russell? That's different. Well, that's different because the, uh, I don't think D'Angelo Russell is going to go back to L.A. But – uh, I could definitely see Kimba Walker. They need a shooter. And right, Kyrie is a shooter, but Kyrie wants to shoot every time. Kimba Walker can at least make sure guys get open and guys get their shot off. Kyrie is not that dude. So while that team scares me, you know, a little bit, they, 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 if Golden State was there, they would still be the second best team, you know, maybe the third best team because we don't know what Houston's doing. With Golden State being out, that opens the door for everybody, right. well, you know what I'm saying? Don't get too. We want to talk about that at some point in the show because the the Warriors injuries are massive, and at least for one year, open the door for everybody. Um, for me, this is a win win for both teams, right? In in the Lakers, you were kind of in a lose 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 situation because LeBron needed a star to play with, and in order to get a star, you were going to have to give up a lot of players because every team knows LeBron was demanding a star, so they had no leverage. The Lakers had absolutely no leverage to do this. And if they didn't get a star, then LeBron would pout and the team would be bad again. And it, it would be bad. So you'd be wasting LeBron's final years as an NBA player, which was supposed to elevate the Lakers back to relevancy. And, or if you got those guys, you had to give up the farm because you had no leverage. So they got Anthony Davis, which I think in terms of the Lakers is probably more important. You have LeBron. He might not be the best player in the NBA anymore. He still could become that if he stops being injured next year or get back on that mantle, I suppose. But to me, you you still have one of the best players in the NBA ever on your team for X amount of years moving forward. Now you have to get somebody. So you get Anthony Davis, the guy who wanted to play for you, the guy who wanted to play with LeBron, and you have the max slot. So it's a win for them, right? I think. And the Pelicans got such a haul. It was insane. We, we heard the reports that Olshay reached out to the Pelicans and what they were asking was way too much for the Blazers to give up, which we've heard before. But looking at this, I don't even think the Blazers could have had this package mm. to give up. No. They don't have anyone near what this package was. And the guys that we do have, you're not giving those up. Well, I mean, if you did for Anthony Davis, you're risking obviously the, the same thing that your Toronto risked by trading DeMar DeRozan. And you, you get a great year, right? Maybe you win a title. And then you have to reset. But... Either way. Would you be okay with that? Yes. If you win a title. If you win a title, yeah, absolutely. Um, But the Pelicans get the number four pick this year, which they can either use. Remember, they also have the number one pick, which is for Zion. Or they can trade for a star player. And then they've got three other first-round picks. Oh, and by the way, they got 
two different lottery picks in Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart, a solid player. I mean, David Griffin. Oh, yeah. Bravo. Yeah. You could not, you? So it was a win-win to both teams for me. I, I think this will probably turn out better for the Pelicans in the long run as long as Zion turns out to be as good as we think he will be because that team's going to be fun and nasty to watch. But in terms of the next year or two or three for the Lakers, watch out. Because, I mean, they got these great players. Well, let's just be honest. The Lakers were already the fourth seed with the roster they had in LeBron James. So now you throw in Anthony Davis and possibly uh, Kawhi, or excuse me, a Kyrie Irving in there, you know, or or uh, Kimball Walker. Yeah, you've got yourself a, a, a really, really good team, especially once they gel. I think if there is an opportunity for anybody to step in there and do something, it's always the first year where those teams – typically struggle everybody's trying to figure out where they fit together and how they fit together jesse and i were talking you know before the show man lebron changes the way big men play all of them ask chris bosh ask kevin love like those are big guys that could shoot not shooting big men and anthony davis luckily for him is already a big guy who can shoot now let's just see what how lebron's play kind of changes does, does lebron change his game to fit anthony davis or is Anthony Davis going to have to change his game? Because now he's the guy in his prime. LeBron, let's say, even though he was 28, 8, and 8 last year, LeBron is is clearly, not clearly, but he's definitely on the decline just because Father Time says so. So at this point, does he change his game a little bit to you know, make up for Anthony Davis? Or does he continue to be the guy he is and let Anthony Davis kind of figure it out? I think that's where other teams have an opportunity to slip in there and get some wins on this. It is going to be quite fascinating to see what the Western Conference looks like this year moving moving forward. And we'll get to this in the next segment. But Kevin Durant out for the entirety of next year with a ruptured Achilles tendon. Klay Thompson out for most of next year with a torn ACL suffered in the mm. last quarter, basically, or the third quarter of the last game of their of their playoff run this year. The Warriors reportedly are still likely going to or are interested in uh, two nothing USA, by the way, over Chile. Uh, interested in signing Max deals still with KD and Clay Thompson. So you're essentially taking a redshirt year this year for the Warriors, and then get the full super team back next year. So for at least one year, although the Lakers are putting a little bit of a, a pin in that, the West is wide open. What does that mean moving forward? And what does this mean for those two players' injuries as well? That's next. But first, Jesse Sports Center. <laughs> Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Kevin Durant out for the entirety of next year. Clay Thompson likely out for most of, if not the entirety of next year with a torn ACL. God, that sucks. Man. I know. Well, it sucks for the player if you like the player and stuff, but it makes the West really interesting this year. So the reports are out there, and this might not happen, um, but the reports are out there that the Warriors would be interested in signing both to max contracts anyway, even though they're both injured. And then Michael Thompson, former Blazer, uh, used to work at this radio station, actually, and uh, Clay's dad said there's no doubt he's re-signing with the Warriors. Clay. KD can opt in if he wants $31 million or something and then be an unrestricted free agent next year after he's done recovering from the injury 
but from what we've seen, he might be behooved, behooved to, behooved to sign a max deal now to guarantee that he'll make a lot of money, even though he has the injury. And the Warriors are sounds like willing to give that to him because of what he's done for them. And he could return in two years with what would it be three or four years left on his max deal. Hmm. Probably not the Kevin Durant we know or remember, but probably still an all-star level player. And the reason I say that is Achilles injuries are notoriously really difficult to come back from. Almost every single person who's returned from an Achilles injury has not been the same. Uh, The best example of a good return was Dominic Wilkins. His first year back, he was really good, but his numbers very quickly faded after that. So you could say he returned really well from the injury, or you could say that generally he was worse. Uh, Most of the guys who suffer this injury are quite old in their careers. They're 35, 36, so they're already at the decline point. So it's not the best sample size for a study, but generally players don't return to be the same. Most recently and most locally, Wes Matthews. He's now a good NBA player, but he's nowhere near the same player he was when he was hurt on the Blazers. So KD will be a great player. He just will probably no longer be the best player in the NBA. Uh, I don't know. I, I think for what KD does, you know, the real, the real question is, is gonna, he going to be able to boogie with the ball the way he does? You know, is he going to be able to cross over and, you know, get to a spot the way he's able to do it? He's a knockdown shooter. KD is going to play. And that will always be the case. Yeah, absolutely. He's never going to lose his ability to shoot. And the same with Clay. You know, so a lot of these injuries are bad. Like you mentioned, we haven't really seen any any player in their prime uh, take that injury. You know, when that happened to Dominique, that was towards the end of his career. And then after that, he came back and, you know, had a good you know year in Atlanta and then went to play in like, where was it? Um, San Antonio or, you know, somewhere else from there. Uh, Kobe was towards the end of his career. You know, that was really the last four years of, of Kobe's career. And really, he was going to – he took his team to the playoffs, trying to will that young, terrible team to the playoffs, and then blew his Achilles from there. Isaiah Thomas, the senior, I, yeah. was older in his career at that point. You know, so, the end of his career. so a lot of the guys, you know, that, that have that's happened to, it's been a lot of wear and tear on their bodies, KD as well. But I think he'll be able to kind of muster through that even if he's not the player he was he's still going to be a knockdown shooter that's seven feet tall like there's not uh a team in the league that wouldn't want a guy like that clay again same thing like his ability to shoot changes the way that he's able to like it, it'd be different if they both these guys already played like really above the rim much like dominique you know that takes away from what he was able to do because dominique was such uh, a crazy athlete especially in the open court or man one-on-one with somebody but neither of these guys really play above the rim like that to where that's where all their money is coming from. Most of their buckets come from, you know, stop and pop jumpers, you know, well, or Clay, off of screens and things like that. Clay, especially. Yes. Uh, and also returning from a torn ACL, no longer a death sentence, right? We've seen plenty of people come back from it. Um, you know, one of the reasons it's so much easier is that the rest of the knee has other things stabilizing it, right? The ACL is not the only thing stabilizing the knee. Whereas the Achilles tendon is the only tendon between the calf and the ankle. It's the only one. So when you rupture that, that's it. So there's no, there's, you can't walk, you can't do anything. It's got to be fully repaired and it's really easy to re injure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Cleland had it twice, uh, re- had, it, had it re injured when he was about to get paid a lot of money in the NFL when he was uh, a tight end back in the day. So it's really, really, really tough injury to come back from. I'm not really worried about Clay. He might even return in April next year and be a sharpshooter and maybe even help the Warriors get to the playoffs as a lower seed 
again, guessing that they're going to play with just Steph and a bunch of role players if they max sign KD and Klay Thompson. They're not going to have a lot of room for other contracts. Um, but for, for Durant, the reason I say not the best player in the NBA but still a, a great player and all-star is because of the shooting. But KD's game is not just predicated on shooting, right? He can still drive the lane. He still great does defender. rise above the rim. He is a great defender, and that'll be affected a lot by mm-hmm. the Achilles injury. And if you noticed, when he came back from the calf injury in game five, the first quarter, he really didn't do much but shoot. He stood around the arc, and he would get shots up. And when he started getting confident, I think that he made one move. He drove into the to the free throw line. Did a little jab step spin move, got himself an open shot. That was Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. The second time he tried to do something like that is when the Achilles snapped. That is also a big part of his game. So if he can still shoot, great. But his ability to get open when he's isolated with the ball might not be as good as it used to be, might not be as quick as it used to be. So that's why I say I'm not sure he's going to ever reach that full level again, which sucks because watching Kevin Durant play at his full level is a beautiful thing to watch. He's, he's special, man. There's not a lot of seven-foot point guards, basically, that can shoot the way he's able to shoot and but get to the rim at, at will. But you're still getting a great player back in a year. But so that's where that's where the Warriors are right now. That's where those two players are right now. But going into this year with the Warriors out of it, and I guess now the Lakers probably as the favorite until we see what else happens, it kind of opens the door for a bunch of teams to – try to make a better run in the playoffs. And if other teams are out there like you, Rashad, saying that that's a great Lakers team, but I'm not as scared of it as I was of the Warriors team, then that means that a bunch of teams think they have a chance that they can make the NBA Finals next year out yeah. of the West. Yeah. I if mean, you- you're talking Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, Nuggets, Rockets, Thunder, Pelicans even, if they are actually really good with these guys. Jazz. Um, who else am I forgetting? I'm probably forgetting another team or two, but uh, – that's already that's, that's, eight teams yeah. who think they could make the Spurs. NBA Finals. Spurs. Yeah, sure. Nine teams who think they can have a chance if they do the right things this offseason to make the NBA Finals. I can't remember the last time I've seen the West this open. I'm oh. not sure it's ever been this open. No, it's 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 been a while. You know, Golden State's had such a chokehold on the Western Conference even before KD got there. And now... And before them, the Spurs did. And yeah, before them, the Lakers did. Yeah, and so, so you know, there's <laughs> always that team, always that dynasty... They just kind of has a chokehold on on the the conference, and uh, now you get a chance to see who can step forward and win. Like you, you look at the Eastern Conference, and taking away LeBron, all of a sudden the in, the possibilities were endless. Could it be Toronto? Could it be Philadelphia? Man, it might be Milwaukee. Like those Boston, are three. Boston, like good at yeah, times. there were there were four teams that you could honestly say, man, okay, it, it's no shock that they made it to the finals. If it's Oladipo no, was healthy, the Pacers could the done Pacers, it you know, who who still made a deep uh, not a deep run, but still made a playoff run without Oladipo, you know, this season. So yes, the East opened up like that, and I think you're going to see the same thing in the Western Conference. I think the Lakers. Based on talent and the talent that they're going to get, it's still probably going to be the one, the two seed. But I wouldn't count out a Blazers team who's got all those guys coming back, you know, healthy for the most part, with the exception of Nurkic. Uh, it wouldn't don't it wouldn't shock me if they ended up as a one, two seed. You know, it wouldn't shock me if the Clippers, if they get a a, a Kawhi or a Jimmy buckets or something like that, ends up as a as a two, three seed. So that that's the cool thing about it. It opens everything up for everyone else. But it does it does still suck that you won't be able to see arguably the most talented person in the NBA not play this next season. The other crazy thing about the Warriors is that their bill for the season, if they don't have Durant and Clay and they sign them both, is gonna be something like three hundred million dollars or something crazy for the year. And they're gonna be basically redshirting. 
they're, they're just going to say, hey, this is going to be kind of a down year, but we're still going to pay way over the salary cap and have a huge luxury tax and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, my God. But I'm, I'm curious Can what other teams that as I'm, a team? I'm curious what other teams are, are going to offer or would offer them. I mean, assuming KD, you know, actually opts out in which I don't, you know. He still might. Think he, yeah. I don't think he will at this point. But assuming they actually do, like, then you can see what other teams really – I bet give you the up Knicks would still offer him. I, I bet you a lot of teams. Listen, if you're the, the Blazers and you got even, the money for a year, I'm giving it to Kevin Durant. Like, I mean, there's a, I'm gonna get based on name, whatever. I'm giving it to Kevin Durant just because I know he's that good. And when he comes back from injury, he's going to help your team. Like, that's just what it is. Even if he's a guy that comes in and averages 19 points a game for you because he doesn't move the way he used to, that's still a really valuable asset to have. That's the move, though. Like, like. A team like Golden State can get away with offering Kevin Durant a max deal, and it's no big deal. It's Golden State. Great culture, great winning tradition right now. Like GM, coaching, um, just roster building, all that's in place, right? So KD gets a year off. You can you could justify offering him a max deal and, and feeling no real worry about it. Absolutely. New York – those kind of moves, that kind of move, that's why New York is New York is because they continue to make these type of moves. Absolutely. And so, sure, yeah, well, yeah, they'll offer Kevin Durant this this opportunity, but what's going to happen if Kevin Durant takes it? He's going to go to New York. He probably won't be the same player. He'll still be a really, really good player. He'll still be one of the best players in the league, but he won't be the same player. He's not going to have a good enough supporting cast. It'll probably be worse than Oklahoma City. And all of a sudden, Kevin Durant's going, man, I left Golden State it, for this. It strikes me as odd that anybody would ever want to play for the Knicks. And for KD and even Kyrie to come out and say, man, I, the Knicks are an option for me, that's weird. Anthony Davis did too. Anthony Davis, the, the, there's, I think there's a, I mean, and I don't want to, I don't know these guys. So I don't want to, I don't want to be one of these dudes that assassinates character. I honestly don't I don't know anything about them in their personal life. But what I can tell you is there's got to be something different going on about your winning mentality if the Knicks was the option that you chose. Based on everything, based on their their history, based on the current owner, based on a lot of different things, I'd be like, I would never want to play for New York. But KD's a different cat. You know what I'm saying? Kyrie is a different cat. He, he He's just built different. He though He's a flat earther. You know what I mean? So... It's there are certain dudes that I think I, I wouldn't I don't understand what that what that would mean for the Knicks. Of course, we want the Knicks to be better because the Knicks, much like the Lakers and people can hate hearing this. But the NBA is just a better product when the the great historic franchises are good. I, I kind of look at it. As, so so with Kyrie, I totally see Kyrie going to the Knicks because Kyrie's like he's him. It's more his ego is more important than anything. Yeah, right, enough about right. me. It's Let's all about, about me. It's all about me. I I need to be the guy. I got I got the best player in in the league. We're winning championships. We're going to the NBA Finals every year. Not good enough. I need to be the guy. That's the type of guy that goes to the Knicks. I expect that, and I expect the Knicks to be the Knicks. Kevin Durant. He's an interesting guy because before he went to Golden State, he was one of the most likable NBA players in the league. He goes to Golden State, he becomes public enemy number one. And and a lot of of what Kevin Durant is, it, a lot of players are this way. Um, Kawhi Leonard, to me, a lot of like this this year is, is it's what the media makes him, right? We don't know. Like everybody's saying Kawhi Leonard's leaving, which, yeah, sure, he could. It's, it's quite possible he's leaving. 
But we don't know, especially because of how much introvert Kawhi Leonard is. And nobody really does know outside of Kawhi. Same thing with, I mean, Kevin Durant's in there, and he's just kind of taking care of business. He gets sick of hearing about, you know, right now we're trying to get to the finals. Right now we're trying to win another championship. I don't want to talk about what's going on in the offseason. Sure, he could come out and say the same thing that, that L.A. said, right? I want to be a Golden State Warrior forever. And then if he leaves in the offseason, once again, he looks bad once again. Well, now he's hurt. You see how those guys really are in the locker room, just like any other locker room, just like any other family. You have fights. You have people that get angry with each other. But in the end, you see the camaraderie with those guys when they get hurt and the fact that they seem very much like a family. And Kevin Durant has taken less money to be there. Steph has taken less money to be there. Clay's taken less money to be there. They've already shown this in their history. So I, I don't understand why all of a sudden we are like, Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant's gone. It, yeah. it, he's he's not that personality. Let, we got we to gotta take a break here. But coming up next, I'll, I'll answer that question because I think it's maybe not Durant necessarily, but I think most NBA players follow a very similar mindset, and it's really easy to find out why you would make that kind of a decision. So this is Sports Sunday on The Fan. That's next. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 47 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you till 11 o'clock, talking lots of NBA today. Quickest break ever. Yeah, it was a really short break. Happy Father's Day, everybody out there. Appreciate it. Um, so my response to Jesse's question from last uh, last segment is, and Rashad's question too, is why do all these players still want to go to New York? And I'll even add LA in because literally every player who says this, they say New York or LA. That's it. That's it. That's all they say. I, I think to me it's really simple. For the most part, this is not always the case. There are very many uh, – there are players out there who are obviously bucking this trend. Damian Lillard is one of them. Uh, Kawhi Leonard might be one of them, although that's yet to be seen as most people think he will likely go to the Clippers. So he'll be going to L.A., which is where he wanted to go. Players want the most money and attention they can get, period. And I think a lot of players care about that more than winning. I think they look at their career – as a way for them to become massively popular and successful for the, their entire lives, which part of it is their career. But not a lot of players care about winning in the same way that the Kobe Bryants or the Michael Jordans or whoever else you want to throw out there cares about winning. Um, the reason that New York and L.A. are always the options is it's an obvious one, right? Sure, those teams might suck. And they may have sucked for the last 10 years or five years or whatever the trajectory they're on at this point. The Knicks for much longer than the Lakers. Uh, You are putting yourself in one of the two biggest markets in the country. And you are putting yourself as as basically an open door to get more money than anywhere else. From the amount of people and companies that are in those two cities, you are opening yourself up to advertising dollars and marketing dollars that you wouldn't be getting in other places. So... You care less about winning. You want your star to be more. So you go to New York or L.A., which is going to be on ESPN or TNT every freaking week if you go there. And they're already on even when they suck because they're the Knicks and the Lakers. And then you get the opportunity 
of these massive cities with tons of companies and tons of people to grow your star even more and to get even more money through endorsements and whatever other thing you want to do. That's the, it's the simple reason why. So some players may stay in small markets because that doesn't matter to them. And you're right, in this day and age, it's easier to stay a star in a smaller market because of social media and stuff like that. But I think in order to do so, you need to, you need to have something incredibly unique about your play style or your personality. You mentioned Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is only as big of a star as he is in Oklahoma City because of two things. The triple doubles, which we've never seen before ever, and his style and personality in press conferences. He makes himself new. There you go. So if he was just good Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City, nobody would give a rip about him. Look at what Damian Lillard goes through. Damian Lillard is just himself in Portland, and it took making the Western Conference Finals in an amazing series against the Thunder for it to become more of a national story than, oh, Damian Lillard's a great player, but hey, he's in Portland. I, th I think Dame is, is, again, one of those great examples, almost kind of like Westbrook, is Dame found a way to – he found his lane in the NBA. It wasn't necessarily uh, basketball first. You know, nobody remembers Four Bar Friday. That was something Damian Lillard started and kind of got not just the rest of the NBA, but people outside of the NBA and other sports that came up with, you know, Four Bar Fridays and stuff like that. Dame became a rapper, and Dame got the big Adidas deal. Like, he was first team all league last year. So I think he but it's understood. Different than, it's different than Westbrook, though. And that's, no, it's different than Westbrook. Westbrook is making himself a story, whereas Lillard – I, I don't think he's ever made himself the story. No, he's, I don't think he's made himself the story. I think he's done a good job of marketing himself, though. I think he's done a good job of being in Portland and drawing eyes to him. Again, he had a $200 million Adidas deal before he was first team All-NBA. I think a lot of that comes from him making sure he can get eyes put on him in the right ways, right. throwing camps for kids, showing up to certain things, uh, um, you know, having uh, amazing numbers, you know, when you play. I think those, all those things help. I'm, I'm curious about New York because the guys that want to go there are arguably the, the most sensitive athletes that we've seen in some time. Like Kevin Durant is going at middle school kids, you know, on Twitter and stuff like that. On what's, a fake handle. What's he going to do with the New York media the minute that the Knicks lose four games in a row? Or the minute that KD goes 0 for 7 for the night, ends up with 13 points. How is that? That media is going to tear him apart, you know, on multiple occasions. And most of these like, players don't consider that as a thing, right? No, that's not a thing because they don't, that's not, that's not their reality. You remember right. that time? They, the, think, uh, they think everyone's going to love them because they're great. Remember the Oklahoman? I think, what's the name of their, is that the Oklahoman, the, yeah. the Gazette? When the they wrote, Westbrook guy. What, the Mr. Reliable or Mr. Uh, Unreliable or something like that for Kevin Durant and they had to write a retraction and an apology to Kevin Durant and everything. Like, that's how sensitive. Which was BS, by the way. Which is, you should which never is, have to do No, that. you should absolutely never have to do that, which was BS. But Kevin Durant was that sensitive to where he was like, I'm not going to talk to you guys anymore if you don't go ahead and, and change what you said about me. And Okay, so if you're the Oklahoman or whatever, the, I'm sorry, forgive me if you're from that's Oklahoma. And I don't, is it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, if, you're, if you're them, now you look soft. Now you look unreliable because you put out a story and uh, – no, no, you know what? Never mind. We were tripping. Kevin, he's actually a great leader. He's actually a, a nice guy. And then we're finding out, man, everything that you that they kind of said, they were kind of spot on about. You know what I mean? And so I think when you're in small market, you can do stuff like that. But when Kyrie goes to New York with his silly flat earth theories and uh, with his lack of, of defense and his lack of leadership and all these little things that he has, yes, the media in New York is going to tear him a new one.
for sure. Brooklyn or uh, or the Knicks, it's not going to matter. Yeah, and it, it, and I mean KD, he he he's, he has a hard time dealing with the media in Oakland. He's a hard time dealing with kids, right? Like thirteen-year-olds. I mean, this guy's literally like, yeah, like oh, thirteen-year-olds picking on me on Twitter. His I'm going to like fight back. And it's so paper thin. You can see right through. So like it just him in New York. That that does not seem to make sense. Like Kyrie. Like Kyrie, I think it just I I think it'd be fun because I think he'd just fight back. Like it, it would I think it'd be a gong show and it'd be just absolutely fun to watch. And he would drive a good take. He would be miserable. Like you, he you be, mentioned, yeah. he would be miserable. Both, both. I mean, he couldn't play with LeBron, right? That that was that was a problem. Going to the finals every year for three years in a row was a problem. Even though considering you didn't make the playoffs before you got there, then you get to Boston, which is the 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 definition of team basketball the Boston Celtics. You get there and you couldn't win with them. They went to the finals the year before and you're pouting without you. And, and you're now you're mad and you're down, you're pouting and oh, we're going to win cuz they have me. And then you got embarrassed in the second round of the playoffs like I I at this was the second round or first round? Second uh, round. second round. Yes, yeah. second round By of the, the playoffs. Like I don't I don't know what what some of these guys are thinking about, but New York is definitely not the place then, that they want to go. On the flip side, but but it is though. That's the thing is they don't look at the negative no, aspect they don't. of it. They don't, but I'm saying that's not where you want to go, fam. The the other thing to look at to to continue my argument about this is Anthony Davis, right? Considered one of the best players in the NBA, but has been in New Orleans his entire career. Anthony Davis gets minimal pub for being as good as he is. If you think about it in the grand scheme of things, Generally, throughout the regular season, nobody really talks about Anthony Davis, right? There was a lot of talk in the offseason when he and Boogie Cousins teamed up for a year. There was a lot of talk for those first couple of weeks, and then it kind of faded. Anthony Davis doesn't really do anything outside of be a solid player, and he got no buzz outside of being a good player. If you really, really try to think about who gets talked about inside the NBA and who gets talked about on ESPN, it's very rarely that kind of player, right? Yeah. And there's examples on all the small mar- small market teams. And like I said, I will include Damian Lillard, although he is now kind of getting past that because of where the Blazers have gotten the last few years. But he was always like this too. He was doing great things, yet he got mentioned maybe once, right? <laughs> oh, cool. Look up in the way far Northwest, Pacific Northwest. Look at what Damian Lillard did with Anthony Davis. Oh, cute. Down in the bayou. Look at what AD did last night. Now he goes to Los Angeles now he's never going to not be talked about. No, it's, now his entire life and career is going to be in the spotlight, which is probably what he wants. No, this is this is Pau Gasol to the Lakers, you know, kind of all over again. Again, Pau Gasol when he went, it's, and it's easy to forget because it seems like it was so long ago, but 2004, 2005, Rookie of the Year, Pau Gasol, he was really, really freaking good. And he was just on a Memphis team that just couldn't, they couldn't turn the corner. They couldn't figure it out, and they would lose every year in the first round. And the same way they, they had the conversation about Anthony Davis is, is he really that good? Is he that good? He should be somewhere else. And then he went to the Lakers, and it was immediate success. Stripped to the finals the first year, two championships to follow that. I think you look at a guy like Anthony Davis, and we know that this was a whole four-year project with the Lakers. You know, last year was year one. This will be year two. And so now uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis have three years to get one championship. That's the whole goal. I don't think the goal was multiple championships. I don't think it was I four think or LeBron five. LeBron learned from the not no. one, not two, not yeah, three. Not th- yeah, he knows how hard it is to win. So the, the goal is one championship at this point. And if the Lakers get one in four years, that's a success. And everybody did their job. Everybody's going to, you know, uh, get pats on the back for, for a job well done. But 
yeah, you're right. Anthony Davis kind of, you know, flew under the radar. You knew about him because you knew how good the guy was. You knew that he could get to the to the rim whenever he wanted to. He's basically an unstoppable basketball player, which is why you talked about him. But not a lot of commercials, you know, not a lot of fanfare. You know him as the brow, and I guess that's the most telling thing about him is the is the unibrow that he refuses to cut for no reason. But it's his brand, man. But that's a, but again, what is that? What is that brand meant for you? You know, that brand the, 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 to it just makes it makes you look silly. You know, yeah. more than anything. And if you go to New York, they're going to make fun of the the the, the brow over and over and over again. It's going to be a, a constant punch. Especially line. if he struggles. Uh, especially if he struggles. You know, about, that's like the, the thing. New York Post and the Daily News back sports headlines are going to be some snarky comment about the brow if he's losing. Again, and, again, I've been to New York, and this is not to you know say anything bad about uh the the you know north east part of the of the country you know however man i've driven there and people are incredibly impatient you know the minute you don't go on green or even go on red yeah they're honking the horns at a red light i'm like where am i supposed to go like it's a it's a red light so i can imagine losing two games as a nick could be terrible you lose two three games as a, as a jet they're writing terrible things about you the giants are like a uh a journalist dream right now because there's always something wrong with the franchise at this point. So really yeah. most New York franchises. Yeah. Yeah. The Mets, the Jets, the, All the of them. Knicks, the Giants, the now the I don't the know. Nets the, are okay. And I'm I yeah, I haven't heard much about the Nets, so I'm not sure how most of New York feels. I think uh, most about of New York doesn't Nets. care about the Nets, yeah. Yeah. Because they so. were New Jersey's team. They're still fairly new. Anyway, let's get into next hour. I want to talk about the finals. We got to talk about the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard and what he did in this playoff performance which was just an insane. I think, was that last week, Jesse, that we talked about his numbers in the playoffs when I, when Rashad was out? We were looking through how crazy he's been playing. Oh, yeah. Off that, the charts. Man. That might have been last week. Uh, but we'll talk about that. But coming up next, I want to give a little Blazers segment here because, as we mentioned, the West, although the Lakers just did something about it, it's wide open, and the Blazers have a chance to, at least for one year, really push to make the NBA finals, but will they take that chance and what should they do or try to do to accomplish that? That's next here on sports Sunday on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning right now. Families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon. When they switch, visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.